0: This is an ABC podcast. Hello, this is Coronacast, a daily podcast all about the coronavirus. I'm health reporter Tegan Taylor.
1: And I'm physician and journalist Dr Norman Swan. It's Thursday the 1st of July 2021.
0: And here we are, Norman, 18 months into a pandemic, and we've been so lucky in Australia on the whole that we've been largely protected from the pandemic that has killed so many people worldwide. But we're here in this position now where we have vaccines that are being manufactured on shore that are only for a small proportion of the Australian population, people aged over 60, and a real sense of frustration um, among the rest of the population that there isn't enough vaccine that is suitable for this age group and just when will that change? When are we likely to see us being able to access vaccines, being able to reopen and, and return to normal? And so can we just recap a bit on how we've gotten to the position we have got to with vaccines and then how to help people make decisions about planning what vaccine they're going to be able to get and when?
1: So let's just go through this systematically from, from the beginning so people just remind how we've got to where we are. We were in the fortunate position of having the Astra vaccine approved. It was the backbone of um, the system, and as you say, it's been manufactured here in Australia. Then in March, what started to emerge from Europe was stories of this rare clotting syndrome, which turned out to be very real, very rare, but very real. And following the case of a 44 year old man in Box Hill Hospital in Melbourne, we fell into line with other countries in recognizing that it was real and that we had to do something about it. And they took the balance of risk versus benefit. And they said at that point, and they being ATAGI, or Technical Advisory Group on Immunisation, with cooperation of the Therapeutic Goods Administration, and they said where the balance of risk versus benefit occurs is round about the age of 50. So the 50 cutoff is for the preference for Astra over 50, and Pfizer under 50. It wasn't a rule. It was a preference.
0: And that was based on the amount of vi- uh, virus that was circulating in Australia at that time or the, the likelihood that people were going to become infected in Australia.
1: It was really based on the estimates that if we had, and I'll come to this in a minute, a second wave in Australia, but it's largely based on if you've got the same level of infection in Australia as the second wave with that virus, by the way. Remember, all this predates Delta and, and in a sense, what would be the impact of, of vaccination? And what they, the, what they, the conclusion they came to was that under 50, the balance started to swing towards um, Pfizer, in other words, not getting the Astra vaccine. Whereas over 50, the balance seemed to be clearly in terms of benefit. Then in early June, there was the death of a 52 year old woman at St. Vincent's Hospital in Sydney. And a revision of the data, which showed that 50 to 59-year-olds did seem to be more at risk than they previously thought. And remember, this is a shifting story as you get larger numbers. There still haven't been very large numbers. There's 64 people, I think it is at the moment, out of 3.6 million as we record this coronacast. Even that could change. So it's, it's not very many, it's low numbers. And when you've got low numbers and statistics, you can get really wide variations that don't mean very, very much. But anyway, 50 to 59 year olds, higher risk than they thought. So they shifted the limit to 60. That created a lot of vaccine hesitancy. And then what followed that were several outbreaks of the Delta variant throughout Australia. And where we are now is about 12 million Australians under lockdown due to the virus spreading. And so people's perception has changed. But what hasn't changed is our supply of Pfizer. So while Pfizer is the preferred vaccine under 60, we don't have enough to go around, which was probably behind the Prime Minister's comments on Monday of this week, which said, look, if you're under 40, you can actually have the Astra, which, as we said on yesterday's CoronaCast, is no change of of any rule. That's always been the case. He just emphasised that. But it really put other people offside because the Prime Minister did not qualify this according to the expert advice that he and the government has had, which is the preferred vaccine is Pfizer in terms of risk versus benefit.
0: It's been confusing with uh, some of the state authorities saying one thing and hearing this other thing from the government. Can we just go through the statistics and balance this risk and benefit for different age groups?
1: If you're over 60... The risk of the clotting syndrome is low, and that's between 1.4 and 1.8 cases of clotting per 100,000 first doses of Astra. It's very hard to imagine what 100,000 is, and the image I've been using is the Melbourne Cricket Ground full of people. So that's between one and two people in the Melbourne Cricket Ground, after the first dose of Astra, will get the clotting syndrome, may get the clotting syndrome. If you're under 60, it moves up towards three. It's about 2.6 per 100,000. Now, it's very hard to separate out because yesterday the chief health officer in Queensland said she couldn't in all conscience have an 18-year-old in Queensland potentially dying of this clotting syndrome. And she was strongly recommending against the Astra vaccine under 40. And it's very hard to actually estimate what the risk is in an 18-year-old because we haven't had internationally many 18-year-olds suffering from this clotting syndrome. So it's very hard to say. So let's move that. Let's just assume, though, that the number is under 60, anywhere up to, say, 3 per 100,000. And the risk of dying, by the way, is 3%. Of those people. Of those people. So that's one in many MCGs full of people. So it's very, very low risk of dying of this condition. So here's the other side of the ledger. The modelling would suggest that if we had the equivalent of Victoria's second wave of last year, in 18 to 29-year-olds, vaccination would prevent one ICU admission and 10 hospital admissions per 100,000 people. In over 80-year-olds, vaccination would prevent 184 deaths and 260 hospitalisations per 100,000. So that's a lot, actually, in terms of prevention.
0: And this is vaccination specifically with AstraZeneca?
1: That's right, because the... The assumption is, and it's a reasonable assumption, is that Astra and Pfizer are roughly the same when it comes to preventing hospitalizations and deaths. So there's no, there's no daylight between the two. So what you, can, what you can tell from that is that the vaccine does prevent hospital admissions and it, and it prevents hospital admissions at a greater rate than the risk of the clotting syndrome, even in 18-year-olds. And we haven't accounted for long COVID, for example, in that group but it's still, you know, a difficult equation, but one that needs to be talked over with your doctor.
0: I think there's you could have both. Well, this is just me thinking. You can have both. You can have a, a technical advisory group that's making broad brushstrokes recommendations for the whole population, and they have to be really conservative, but also giving people the opportunity to, the adults, to make their own decision about their own health in conjunction with their GP. And they might decide that they're happy to accept a slightly higher risk than would be acceptable to give to the whole population because they've weighed the risks for themselves.
1: Yes. and But what's also swinging in the community at the moment is when they see 12 million people locked down, they're starting to say to themselves, I suspect, that I might be willing to have the Astra vaccine because we just can't do this anymore. And therefore, we're more prepared to take the vaccine for community protection. And I, and I think that that very generous view from people would be helped if the government had a no-fault compensation scheme for vaccines, which they don't have.
0: Isn't that what was announced on Monday?
1: No. It was an indemnity scheme for GPs if they get sued um, for injuries caused to patients by the vaccines. What we should have, like many other countries have, is a no-fault compensation scheme for patients. So we've got 64 people who've had the clotting syndrome, two of whom have died, and others have had serious disease, and have got and have got and are, and are unwell because of it. Not everybody, only a, only a small number. Most have gone back to work and are pretty fine. Why can't they be compensated for that? Because they've done the right thing and been vaccinated. It's not their fault that there is a rare side effect. And by having that compensation scheme, you protect GPs as well, but it's focused on the patient rather than the doctor.
0: Gosh, this is complicated. But like you said, Norman, about half of the Australian population is currently living in lockdown and more than that are living with some level of restrictions beyond the COVID restrictions that we had um, a month or so ago. I don't think it would be overstating it to say that there's a lot more anxiety around in general. And when that anxiety that comes when you're living under lockdown is also, at the same time as shifting advice on vaccinations, you can imagine that there's a lot more anxiety about just people worried about how to protect themselves and feeling like they're not being given clear answers.
1: Yeah. And so some people are willing to come forward and say, look, I've looked at the data and I've spoken to my GP and I'm willing to have Astra and that's, that's great. Other people are saying, well, I'm feeling angry because there's not enough Pfizer around. Well, there's not much you can do about that at the moment. That's the way it is. And it really depends on where it goes from here. We could be in a pretty long lockdown in Australia with 12 million people, and it could be even more than that. This is a difficult virus. And let me tell you, which is something you know already, Tegan, but is that the Delta variant is just on a pathway of evolution. There'll be another virus along which will knock Delta off its pedestal, and it will be even more contagious. That's just the way it's going to go at the moment. The the viruses that are less fit than Delta will not survive and viruses that by the accident of evolution are more fit will survive. And by being more fit, almost certainly they will be more contagious and more vaccine resistant. That's the way it's going to go. So now's the time to get protected.
0: But people getting Astra for their own personal protection is fine if that's what what they want to do for their own health, but that's not going to bring us out of lockdowns or out of border closures any sooner is it like we're really in this until probably the end of the year when there's going to be enough vaccinations to vaccinate the whole population
1: that's right but you, you know as they say the, the irish joke goes you've got to start somewhere and that this is the place to start
0: well that's all we've got time for on coronacast today but keep sending your questions into abc.net.au slash coronacast and we'll see you tomorrow see you then